Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely terrific day today. Hope you guys are staying strong, staying healthy as always, and be sure if you need anything, check out the website at healthmasters.com. Lots of different specials going on right now, including the big mega sale on the D3 uh, K2 10,000, and also to the Zinc Glycinate product of the week. Be sure to check that out on the website at healthmasters.com. And yes, Dad and I are back here at the office, or he's not the office, he's at a different location, but we're back down here in Florida. We arrived safely back from D.C. last night and uh, had a very interesting time. Met a lot of really good people, really awake people, really, really alert people as far as that know what's going on in a conference we were at. And we'll talk about it later on in the future and some of the stuff that we all need to be involved in and we need to be doing together in order to bring about more change. And one thing that I found that was very interesting over the two days and a lot of people we're talking to is that a lot of people, most people now – are starting to realize there's a significant issue with everything that's going on, which clearly if you listen to the show, you know that, and a lot of the direction of things that are going on. And the only way we can elicit any type of change is bringing things back to a biblical-based worldview. And there's no question about that whatsoever, because as we're continually seeing the demise of the family unit, as we're seeing the school system secularize these young children – Pretty much from what one person said is this is pretty much going to be the last generation because these teenagers right now, from some of the statistics, and dad, I think he has a few of those, the generation we're seeing right now in the teenage years, these current teenagers, there are so few that actually even believe in Jesus, much less biblical worldview, much less follow any type of morals or ethics, and that is exactly what – the communists wanted to do in this country because remember this group now these teenagers right now that really need to be a lot of the focus that we need to be working on and trying to get to them and wake them up the best we can these are the ones that are going to be having babies next in the next 10 to 20 years and if these kids at this rate as far as have no biblical viewpoint whatsoever this next generation behind them are going to be completely lost I mean, to the point where they're not even going to have heard of Christ. You know, back 20, 30 years ago, huge percentage of the population still even most of them identified as Christians. And as those numbers have continued to dwindle down very rapidly, I think more and more people have kind of left it because things have become so normalized with the weird behavior. And I, I hear a lot of times people coming in saying, well, you know, we just have to kind of go along with it. We've seen that with the churches. We just got to, you know, we got to be inclusive. We don't want anybody to feel out. The problem with that ideology is the hardcore leftists that are promoting this, they're not playing by any set of rules that we operate on. They're not playing by any set of structure that we actually agree with. They're going after everything as hard as they can and the most precious asset this country has, which is our younger generation. And so that means that we also have to become vocal and can no longer be scared about being canceled or offending somebody. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate this. That does not mean that people need to be running around intentionally trying to insult people and be mean and walk around with a chip on your shoulder. We need to promote the light of God Almighty and the gospel with us when we go out. But that also means we need to be strong. We need to be 
versed in the Word of God, and we also need to be very well educated on certain topics if we're going to bring them up. And this is what we're starting to see happen so often now is so many people are starting to just slowly trickle down what they believe and just kind of water it down, so to speak, and dilute it. And the next generation dilutes it more, and the next generation dilutes it more to the point – there, well, there are no, there is no more salt in the water. You know, we're called to be salt in the earth. There is no more in the water. You're like, wow, I thought it was salt water 40 years ago. Now it doesn't even taste like anything. It tastes like tap water. It's been diluted, and that's what they're continually trying to do. And you know, I saw an article earlier here that was really troubling to me, but it goes to show you what they're doing with the indoctrination. And it said Marvel's preparatory diversity director Kelly Selman and the upper head and assistant head school uh, Victor Shin has now told school personnel. At Merrillville's preparatory school, that two members of the leadership have made a number of unsettling statements that suggested they are going to start purging community members who do not go along with their diversity agenda. The statements were made in a talk titled "From Pawns to Controlling the Board," seeing BIPOC students as a power players in student programming. This is the actual title of the talk that they had and the screenshot of the talk description reads learn about students programs at marvale get strategies to deal with pushback from the opposition callie is very fortunate if she asks she'll probably is going to get it callie simonat she isn't afraid to go over the budget what are you going to say no we're not going to spend the money on these black kids please fight fight me we're moving on she goes on to say we have seen pushback going to say that parents ask questions like why are you doing this what about my children obviously there's a lack of understanding of the culture and she said basically that they're going to promote their agenda and primarily what it is it's full-blown common core and it's also the aspect of the critical race theory on a steroid cycle, so to speak. It goes even further than what we've seen here. And I'll post this article, and you can go through because we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. I don't want to suck up all the time. But this right here is going to the direct next phase of the aspect of going in now and saying, you know, it doesn't matter. You aren't allowed to do this because of your skin color. We have to go this direction no matter what. We are going to turn into complete and total devout racists, and we are going to change your children into those as well. This, again, is the next phase and direction of what they're doing with the younger generation. So it's very important right now, my friends, you get engaged locally, especially what we're seeing now in the next couple of weeks, and make sure you continue to be vocal and stay educated because here's the next part about this. If you get in a conflict or you get in a conversation or you get in a debate with somebody – you have to know facts. I'm just being honest with you on that. You have to know what you're talking about. You start arguing with a hardcore leftist that's actually educated in communist indoctrination, and they start bringing up their indoctrination, and you basically don't have anything to rebuttal with it. It doesn't look good. Not saying you need to be walking around arguing with people, but there's a lot of people that have no idea. You know, There was one guy that dad was talking to and basically had no idea. He was at the conference with us. He had no idea the shots were bad. There's a really, really educated guy that got up there and talked as far as on what's really going on, not just formal education, but really educated. He used to be a pro NFL player. He had a bad injury, and he blatantly got up there straight up. I mean, this guy is awake about everything, and he goes, a lot of you guys have to come to the realization that pretty much everything we've been told about history has either been manipulated or is a lie. And he goes on to talk about the bioweapon. He goes, this by far, and he goes, you can ask anybody that's basically a true researcher. This has been one of the biggest bioweapons ever released on mankind with this shot. 
And I talked to a doctor there as well that was at the conference, and she was talking into detail about it as far as how this new one is a bivalent spike protein, exactly what I talked about, how it's going to cause your body to produce two separate spike proteins. And ironically enough, all the different phases, the different mutations, so to speak, of Omicron and the original COVID virus, this new shot, this alleged new bivalent shot targets BA4 and BA5 Omicron and also the first original phase of COVID which isn't even being detected anymore. Neither one of those are being detected. And she told me that there's 147 new COVID shots in the pipeline right now, meaning what they're planning on doing with this is the same thing they've done with flu, exactly what we talked about. They're planning on rolling this out as a bi-yearly shot that you need to get twice a year and continue to get your shot to stay protected and boosted against COVID. And they are literally going to make the population dead or the cancer rates, which we're already seeing now, are going to start going through the roof. And that's what this one guy brought up very briefly. He said, just people need to understand what's going on with the shot. And dad talked to one of the guys there that wasn't even really awake, and he got both the shots. And dad started talking to him about it. It, like, it kind of frazzled. What do you mean? They're, they're bad? They're not, they're, you're not supposed to take them? And it's like, dude, what planet have you been on? But again, I told dad, I said, you got to remember, a lot of the people, even ones that are educated or in business or starting to wake up, a lot of people – do not get any type of outsourced news from anything other than, like, say, Fox or CNN. Remember, Fox News has admitted that 70% of their ad revenue comes from Big Pharma, from the pharmaceutical companies. Guys, you can't talk about Pfizer, GlaxoSmithKline when 70% of your money comes from them. That is why on this show we've remained completely independent, no sponsors, no ads, no supporters except for our Health Masters family, y'all, you guys, our Health Masters family and customers that have taken care of this show and continue to get it out there because once you start letting that money trickle in from big sources, in most cases, there are always strings that get attached to it. Now, there are a lot of companies now that I'm starting to find that are becoming very, very awake. You know, basically the president of Hobby Lobby was there at this conference, and he talked in detail about the fight that they've been going on, the constant battles they've been dealing with over the last 10 years, and basically the lawsuits and the stuff as far as where they said they were not going to provide you know, contraceptives for employees and pay for all the stuff. So they didn't believe in it. They've been constantly fighting, and I commend them for that because they are one of the most successful companies on the market that have actually been under true leadership of promoting Christianity and promoting truth and promoting what they believe in. So again, this is why it's so important that you continue to get educated and you speak up what's going on. What do you think, Dad? What do you want to add about that wild last couple of days we've had? Oh, wow. There's so much stuff to cover with you guys today. <clears throat> if you look at the Wikipedia page on Hobby Lobby, the thing that jumped out to me was the fact that they're being called anti-Semitic now. And uh, it's just, you know, every time somebody does something that's anti, you know, New World Order, <laughs> they're all automatically called an anti-Semite. And uh, I mean, it's over and over, this anti-Semitic stuff came up and all the stuff about racial bias and gender bias and all the stuff they're being accused of on the Wikipedia page for Hobby Lobby, which tells me that we need to support Hobby Lobby. So it tells me because it's complete and total fabrication. And, and the crazy part about it is this, too, and I, I want to thank you guys again for supporting Health Masters, and I thank you all for all the emails I've been getting to askdrtedb at yahoo.com and all the people that are supporting Health Masters through that. Let me, let me explain something to you real quick, and this is important. George Soros is not going to support Health Masters. <laughs> all he's done is lead an effort to shadow ban pretty much our broadcast and take it off of YouTube and everything else. And I'm sure he personally has been involved in this, but his minions have. And all these people out there that are trying to silence this show 
are basically part of that new world order structure and who they and what they're doing as far as destroying the country. Let me give some interesting statistics I found this weekend on generational decline. Twelve percent of the people in the United States believed in a biblical worldview 20 years ago. There's only six percent today. Four percent of millennials believe in a biblical worldview, and only two percent of millennial parents believe in a new world order, and only one percent among the 18 to 20-year-olds believe in a biblical worldview. One percent, guys. This is the complete loss of our culture and the complete loss of our children. Let me continue. There, they, 60, 58% believe there is no absolute moral truth. The basis of truth are factors or sources other than God, 58%. In other words, people believe the truth is coming from the government, from CNN, from Fox, from ABC, CBS, but not God, not from the Word of God. 58% believe that. Right and wrong is determined by factors other than the Bible. That means 77% of the people don't believe in the Bible. It's more determining right and wrong. And it says that people are also saying that the Bible is not the authoritative and true word of God. 59% believe that. This is horrible. These statistics are horrible. Only 39% of Americans today view human life as sacred or as having unconditional intrinsic worth. 98% of Americans who support socialism reject biblical worldview. I'm going to repeat that. 98% of Americans who support socialism reject biblical worldview. In other words, they're basically communists. They're hardcore atheists. They don't believe anything about the Bible. Only 2% of self-defined liberals have a biblical worldview, which is about right. 68% of self-defined Christians believe having some type of religious faith is more important than which faith it is. You hear that? 68% of self-defined Christians believe no matter what kind of faith you have, it's better than not having any faith at all, which means if you're a Muslim or if you're Jewish or if you're a Hindu, if you're a Buddhist, it's okay. It's all right. Everybody's going to go to heaven. They want to believe that. It's not true. Only 4% have a biblical worldview as far as millennials. 75% lack meaning and purpose. A majority, 54% of millennials say they frequently feel anxiety, depression, and or fear. It's because they no longer have the peace of God that passes all understanding when they keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because they weren't raised as Christians. Six out of the ten struggle in their relationships. Almost half of all the millennials, 43%, are don't and don't know, believe, or care whether God exists. 43% don't know, don't care, don't believe, or whatever, whether God exists. Just 16% are born-again Christians. The U.S. norm is 28%, so we're losing more and more Christians to this. And two-thirds reject objective or absolute moral truth. Only 1% of the children right now, the young adults from 18 to 21, have a biblical worldview. 30%, listen to this, identify as LGBTQ, queer, or whatever. 30%, however, much lower practice it. Half, 51%, say they often experience anxiety, depression, or feeling unsafe. So 51% of the 18 to 21-year-old adults, young adults now in the United States, experience anxiety, depression, and feeling unsafe. And here's what really bothers me. Only 37% of the U.S. pastors have a biblical worldview and 41% of senior pastors and only 12% of children and youth pastors have a biblical worldview. And evangelicals are now embracing secularism. This is primarily because of the infiltration of the churches by the Masonic Lodges, which I brought up at the meeting, by the way, on secret societies. I spoke about that and – Woo, I had some heat from that one, and I had some people really agreeing with me on that one. Only one-fifth or 20% of those attending evangelical churches have biblical worldview. Now, I'm going to say that again. Only 20% of those attending the evangelical churches have a biblical worldview, which means they don't believe that Christ and the Bible should be the predominating culture in the planet. A majority, 52% of evangelicals, reject absolute moral truth. In other words, everything is subjective. Everything is – well, it depends on the experiences. It depends on whatever it is because they don't – they, in other words – when the Bible says thou shalt not kill, 
thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery. Only 52% of the evangelists reject absolute moral authority. They, 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 say, they say they don't, they don't believe all that stuff. 75% believe that people are basically good, which is not. People are inherently bad, and without Jesus Christ, there is no redemption of the individual. That's just how it works. Only 2% of all parents of children under the age of 13 have a biblical worldview. Let me repeat that one. Only 2% of, the, of all parents of children under the age of 13 have a biblical worldview, which tells you what their children are going to believe. But a full two-thirds claim to be Christian. doesn't make any sense, does it? 94% embrace this secularism in many areas. Almost six out of the ten parents and preteens dismiss the Bible as a reliable and accurate source of God's truth. Only one-fourth of preteen parents, 26%, believe that the human life is sacred. Only 12% of preteen parents understand the biblical view of family. And only 5% of parents have behaviors that are in harmony with biblical worldview. And, you know, think through this for a second. Think what's happening. National debt, military eligibility standards are being changed, sexual immorality, illegitimacy, fertility rate below replacement level, addiction, suicide all over the United States. And remember, the Bible says if my people who basically will humble themselves and repent, they'll come and heal the land. We have to understand that the book of Judges about Israel was written in the Old Testament because the Israelites – the ancient Jews, they basically refused to maintain their relationship with God. They refused to stop sacrificing their children to idols, and the book of Judges was written about this, and they were scattered all over the world. They were scattered. Now, the thing I don't want to have happen is have the United States – have the book of Judges written about the United States because of our 60 million abortions. I mean this is a problem we've had here, guys, and we have to repent as a nation that this has happened and ask God to forgive us. The problem is because all the statistics I've just given you, it shows you the bad job that the United States has done from an evangelical standpoint in order to correct this. I mean we've got to understand that if we do not correct the problems associated with the churches right now, teaching the people to correct stuff, it's not going to it's not going to help. And the churches have got to talk about partisanship. They've got to talk about all the things that are happening in the world today. They've got to talk about if you're a Democrat and you oppose, you know, and you're and you are promoting abortion and you're promoting, you know, transgenders and you're promoting all of these things that they're promoting. Why in the world are you claiming to be a Christian? Extreme partisanship has divided our nation and the body of Christ further, rendering politics and government a destructive force. We need to understand that Christians need to develop a unifying set of principles and perspectives to be able to rally around. And, and this is the thing that we try to do on this show. I try to tell you the truth about everything, and, 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 here's, and here's why this show is growing so much. Jesus said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. That's why we lift Jesus up constantly on this show. We're drawing all men unto Christ. We want people to realize that through Christ we can do all things, and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and this is the day the Lord hath made it. I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it, and I will maintain a biblical worldview, and I will realize that the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is omnipresent. He is the great I am, and we can do all things through him. That's my view on this show. It has always been my view on this show, and so many of you go, wow, you're you're a preacher, and I, and I thank you for that. I really do because, I mean, I try my best to be that. Because I understand that this is the we have to unify the body of Christ. We have to unify us, and, and if we don't unify us, what's going to happen is we're going to basically, you know, be in a situation where it's just going to completely fall apart around us. You, you know, it's interesting. There's an, another article I want to I want to bring up to you right quick, and and it says that Western civilization. This is by Paul Craig Roberts. Is in its final years, and he goes on to say. 
insouciance has a cost, and the cost is now coming home to Western civilization. That means an uncaring, flippant attitude. Perhaps other civilizations have destroyed themselves, but it is certain that the Western world has destroyed itself. Other civilizations might have understood, uh, under, uh, underestimated a threat or made a military blunder or, like Carthage, antagonized a more powerful foe. But the Western world in the first, is the first in history that, despite its dominant economic and military power, dismantled itself. Everywhere one looks in the Western world, governments, intellectual and professional elites and media have picked apart Western civilization with relentless demonization beginning in the 1960s. And yes, there are older roots that march through the institutions. And he brings up the Frankfurt School back in 1933 in the Columbia universities has destroyed the United States. White liberals thought that this is a way to reform society, but they were delusional. It is a way to deconstruct society, and that is exactly what they've achieved. Education, media, Hollywood, and the white liberal politicians are weapons deployed against white society. They have painted a picture for all generations that came after a mind of Western civilization as a racist oppressor of all other peoples, people of color, people who are not heterosexual, people unsure of their gender, and women, feminists, minority activist rights, lesbian and homosexual activists, transgender rights activists, together with the neoconservatives – who advocate U.S. wars and Israel interests, have been the dominating forces in the Western world for 60 years. The demonization of Western civilization as a colonialist, imperialist, and racist is institutionalized in universities, public schools, movies, literature, art, and in the New York Times 1619 Project. Statues and memorials have been destroyed, museum collections have been removed, and books have been banned. Now, I want to read that to you because he's exactly right on what's happened to the United States and what's happened to Western civilization as it continues to be destroyed. Remember, nationalism is a unity of foundation is a foundation of unity. To prevent immigration from turning the U.S. into the Tower of Babel, immigrants underwent a process of assimilation. My mother had to go through this in 1952 when she came over from Europe, from Germany, thus forming a nation out of different ethnicities. But assimilation was abandoned on the grounds that it was against diversity and multiculturalism. Nationalism was redefined as racism and white supremacy. But without nationalism, there is not a people, and the unity disappears. For many years, the West has opened borders and been overrun by diverse millions of immigrant invaders who have acquired the status of preferred minorities. And we need to understand this overrunning of, the, of, these, of these immigrants in the United States has completely destroyed the very fabric of our country. In short, it's safe to conclude that the social democrats – have destroyed the United States as they've destroyed Sweden. And though we have to understand all of these different countries are being destroyed by this march of these immigrants into their countries, including Germany and France, and Poland's trying to stop it, Czechoslovakia's trying to stop it, including Italy's basically been destroyed. They're doing this on purpose because they don't want us to have unity as a nationalist country. They don't want that. And, and, and you know, we got to realize something, guys. You know, look at George Orwell and what he said. He said a few things that really made a whole lot of sense. Some things were way out there on the left. But if we don't have a unified force, a unified strength in the United States, and a unified military in the United States, we can't maintain what we've done in this country from other countries invading us. Here's a quote from Orwell. People sleep peacefully in their beds at night only because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. George Orwell. And we need to understand that this is exactly what is going on. We have people out there who are continuing to hold the fight, hold the freedom for all of us, including the Ted Nelson Brower Show, including a lot of these people that I quote on an ongoing basis. But we have to understand that they want to destroy that. They want to destroy the United States as a military power. They want to destroy the United States as a unified body of believers that started as Christianity. And they want to create this giant problem for us in the United States, which will cause us to disintegrate, and they're doing it. 
Here's another Orwell quote. In our age, there is no such thing as keeping out of politics. All issues are political issues, and politics itself is a mass of lies, evasion, folly, hatred, and schizophrenia. And he's right. The lies that they've told us. Remember what William Casey said? The CIA will know that it's done its job when everything that everybody believes is a lie. That's where they've taken us in the United States. That's why when I'm talking to people who've had these multiple shots at the conference, they're looking at me like, what the heck? I had these shots. I thought it was the right thing to do. And I said, did you not read anything else that was alt-media? No, they did not. And then we had one guy. He was basically talking about all these big Fortune 500 corporations that he had worked for. And, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Are we not going to be unified behind the body of Christ? Are we not going to be unified beyond our, be by our beliefs and by the word of God? Why do we have to have people come in who run Fortune 500 corporations and do things like this? I didn't understand a lot of what was going on at the conference. It was, it was very estranged with me, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, we had some really good speakers, but the whole thing wasn't unified. You can't censor certain schools of thought and try to bring people together. We've never done that on this show. We've never done that on the show. I will take you everywhere. I will take you from aliens to Roswell. I will take you from the money masters. I will take you through the Kabbalist, Luciferian weirdos that run the planet. I will take you to ancient Canaanite religions. And I will tell you how it all works and how it all goes into a common thread on who runs the planet. All of these things have to be discussed. We can't pretend like part of this isn't real. We can't pretend like the Federal Reserve System didn't help. We can't pretend like chemtrails aren't real. Heck, we can't pretend like spaceships aren't real. We can't pretend all this stuff isn't real and get a unified body of believers. We can't do that. We've got to address it from a biblical worldview, use the Bible to show us how to understand it, and then understand that God is omnipresent. He sits on the throne. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And Jesus is Lord. And when we understand that, it changes everything. But that's the only way we're going to fix this mess. We've got to go back to understanding that God gave us his word. His word is the same always because he is the same always because he does not change. God is saying yesterday, today, and forever, and we all have to remember that. So you stay, you stay right with Christ. You stay right with Jesus. You start reading the book of John. You start understanding who Christ is and what he believes. John is in the New Testament if you don't know. And stand firm in what you believe, guys. It's so very important, especially in these times right now, because things are getting really squirrely, especially over there in Ukraine with Putin, with China. And I guarantee you, if the bankers want a big war and they want this thing to escalate, they're going to do it. Because the bankers control Ukraine, the bankers control Russia, the bankers control England, the bankers control the United States. And we are pawns in the game, as William Guy Carr said in his epic book that everyone needs to read. And we need to understand that we've got to stand firm in what we believe, and we've got to continue to work at the grassroots level on our local school boards and our local county commissioners and city commissioners. And we've got to stop this onslaught of these globalists. Very, very important. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. I love you. Also, what do you think? What's your next story? You're exactly right. As the adage goes, all wars are banker wars. I mean, there's definitely no doubt about it. You can see from the very, very beginning of this entire situation with Russia and Ukraine, the whole thing was stage theater from the start, all the way from it rolling out right Right, coincidentally, right when Pfizer had to start releasing documentation from the, the federal judge about what was going on with the shot about how dangerous it was, about all the research on it, and, you know, 50,000 pages a month. And accordingly, that just popped right out at the same time. The same thing that the entire world now has to sanction Russia to push everybody into this energy, energy, absolutely horrific energy section, you know, pushing diesel up to six, seven, eight dollars a gallon in the U.S., the issue we've seen in Europe. You guys know all the stuff that's going on. And what's interesting about it is 
it's not like this whole thing was an absolutely staged from the start. And to make it even more obnoxious, the fact that you then have the United States being such a pawn that we start blowing tens of billions of dollars we're handing to Ukraine every single month, giving them insane amounts of military equipment. Because remember, the banker boys are the same ones that are invested in their big shareholders and stockholders in the military industrial complex companies like Lockheed Martin. <laughs> They're all in the same budget. They're all in the same group. They all throw each other the same cash. But there's like the rules for people, the 99% of people that bank – the 99.9% of people at bank, and then there's also the rules for the guys that run the banks, the 0.1%. There's completely, completely subset different rules. They're not even closely related. That's why we saw what they did with the banking sector in 2008, how they were intentionally manipulating the market, how they were intentionally making sure these absolutely horrific mortgages that were like grade F, so to speak, they were getting bunched up and basically being sold as a, you know, A's in the mortgage market. The whole thing was a complete and total manipulation. And then, so what happened to all of them? Oh, they got bailed out. They almost a trillion dollars. <laughs> Most of them took massive bonuses and then jetted out of town on the private Gulf streams and laughed the whole way. And then they do it all over again. And they continue to do it now. This is exactly what they've been doing and pumping and dumping with the housing market again down here in Florida. BlackRock is going in and been buying up enormous amounts of property. I've told you guys that already. And they're going in and they're not even selling a lot of these houses. They're renting them or leasing them. I still never – I didn't even realize people would lease a house until I saw what was going on down here in Florida last year. And it's brand-new subdivision, houses for lease. And I'm sitting there going – why? Okay, what is this now? So you're leasing a house, you're not renting a house. It means you still don't own it. You'll never own it. It's like leasing a car. Majority of the time, it's a horrible decision. Some cases, if there's certain deals and you're running it through a business, it may be okay if you're wanting to have a high mileage one that they'll give you. But most cases, always geared in favor of the dealership. And so I saw that. I was like, well, what in the world are they doing? Well, it's exactly that. They want to make sure people are priced out of the market, and they knew exactly what was going to go on with the mortgage rates. That's why they bought the houses for rent last year with the subdivisions. They knew at a point in time now where if you go to go buy a three, four, five hundred thousand dollar house here in Florida, and now your interest rates five, six, seven percent, majority of people are going to be priced out of the market and buying a house. They know that. That's why there's still so many people that can't buy houses and they're renting stuff down here in Florida. This is all designed one specific reason. So, yes, it's definitely absolutely important that everybody stay vigilant right now. That's why I've been continually told people to make sure you're staying prepared for anything. And I know I say that a lot, and it's not loosely said, my friends. You know, I, a guy this yesterday was talking at the conference, and he said a lot of times people – especially Americans, he goes, we're so complacent because we have everything, so to speak. I mean, the United States has, I mean, always been the lighthouse on the hill. And he goes, you go home, your AC is on probably, you know, unless you turn it up, it's still on. You got cold air. He goes, your refrigerator is still working. Majority of people have food in their fridge. Some people, maybe more than others, most people have a freezer with food in it. He goes, you know, your car, you drove it home or you drove where you're going. And overall, your life's pretty much unaffected by certain things that are going on other than, you know, maybe finances are getting tighter with inflation and so forth. He said, but he goes, all of a sudden when stuff changes and all of a sudden the refrigerator's not working and the electric's out. And there's no more food in the pantry. He said it happens fast, and that's always how it happens in every single country when it starts to collapse. And what they're doing right now with the United States, they're getting it prepped for that. You can see how they're doing it. The United States has been 
the lighthouse on the hill because we were built as a Christian nation all the way from the Mayflower coming over here and basically coming in and building the entire basis of everything in rooted in Christianity. And the thing about it was – and it was interesting is we went to the Bible Museum. We're up there in D.C., went on a bunch of tours, and it was very interesting to see a lot of the artifacts and so forth. And it was very interesting to hear again and research more about you know, the Mayflower and how adamant these people were about making sure everything was based on Christ. And it wasn't because that was just some religion that they were taking. That was their belief. That was their founding. That was their basis. That was their goal. That was their overall push on what they wanted to achieve. And of course, as things continue to go down the line, a lot of stuff degrades and you have people that get into certain areas of power and try to make changes into certain things they shouldn't be doing. And we've seen that over the years. But that was the basis. The United States was to be the beacon on the hill. I mean, the United States still currently has more missionaries and more missions than any other country in the world. We, we were, out, were outreach to the entire world. There's still a lot of good in this country. There's still a lot of Christ in this country. That's why the communists are doing everything they can to push the basically the satanic agenda to try to reach it out. I mean, we, we, just, we just had somebody basically get elected in the, with the health position under the Biden administration that is a Satanist, devout Satanist with photos of a pentagram on his chest. That's that's the level of what they're trying to take this right now. And that is why, at the very least, we have to make sure we maintain it on a grassroots level like Dad said. That's why we flipped a bunch of school board members in the last election. We got more in November that we're going to do now because a, cu- a couple of them were stalemates. Everybody has to start getting proactive as much as they possibly can. You know, It was funny to me. It was kind of ironic. We were going through the last phase of the museum, and we had a different guide, and he was a pastor, and he was talking about all this stuff. He was very educated in a lot of areas, and we got into the Civil War and basically how the Christian beliefs and how that was phased in the Civil War and how that stuff was going on. And he was talking pretty much the same rhetoric about how the entire war was based on slavery, and everybody was mad because the South didn't want to give up their slaves, and the North wanted to give up their slaves, which is a complete and total historical lie. That is not what the whole basis of the Civil War is based on. A lot of it was based on taxation that was unjust and unfair, and basically the North was trying to come in and oppress the South, and the South basically said, we're not going to listen to anything you have to say, including about slaves. And what's funny, he brought up the, – the guy, tour guide brought up the Emancipation Proclamation as this big, great, historic thing that Lincoln did. And granted, you guys know my stance. I have never been about slavery. I think it is a horrific thing to be making somebody work without pay. There's no question about it. There's nothing positive about it. But dad looked at me, brought up, he goes, you do understand that the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the slaves in the north. It only freed the slaves in the south. It was a war tactic. And he looks at dad with this blank stare. Oh, I don't, well, I'm not really, uh, well, I, I, I'll have to look into that. That's like, you could look into it, but you're talking about stuff right now that you're not giving full disclosure on. If you're going to bring something up, bring it up for what it really was. And this is why it is so important to understand history, my friends, and research history. So much of what we've been told, of what we've been taught, has been a complete and total lie or a mass manipulation of the truth, both of which either the same. What we've seen now, all the way from 9-11, I mean, how do you have a building that never even was hit by an airplane free fall into itself within seven seconds. And I'm speaking of Solomon Building, World Trade Center 7. What in the world does anybody have a rebuttal for that? And nobody has. A lot of times people don't even know about Building 7 collapsing, which is ironic to me. 
or the Pentagon, the giant 20-foot hole in the side of the Pentagon with zero debris, zero engines, zero tail section, zero fuselage, zero anything. And my question has always been, well, if the planes dropped the Twin Towers and they had enough fuel and enough force and enough basically mass as a plane coming in that they had the ability to drop one of the largest structures that were built to handle a plane wreck within 30 minutes free falling of itself. How did the same exact plane fly into the side of a Pentagon and only put a 20 foot hole and start a fire? Just question I thought I would ask there. If a Boeing 777 came in at the rate of speed they claimed it did and hit the Pentagon, it would have literally wiped out probably close to half the Pentagon considering what it allegedly did to the Twin Towers if you go physics to physics. Well, no, that, that, that's, that can't be the case. It, it, it dropped in at treetop level, you know, at 300 knots and put a 20-foot hole in the side of the building. Okay, yeah, I don't even believe you believe that if you do your own research on it. But again, that's why I tell people you've got to expand your ideas of what is happening. A lot of times, and this happens a lot in the Christian sector, and I'm not picking on anybody, we get so focused on we can only believe or we can only talk about what the pastor is promoting. If the pastor doesn't talk about it, if the pastor doesn't want to you know, bring it up, oh, we can't. It's really something we don't need to talk about. If he doesn't talk about it, we don't need to talk about it. And what's happened is now, and this was brought up yesterday and it's pretty valid, what we need to start looking at isn't just the pastors. It's also the deacons and the elders in these churches and the ones that are holding the purse strings to the pastor. That's exactly they're, right. They're the ones that can vote the pastor out. They're the ones that can vote a raise up. They're the ones that can cut pay down. And I think what we're starting to see here, and we kind of had an epiphany over the week, is that a lot of these pastors, it may not be that they're not awake, all of them. It may not be that they don't want to talk about what's going on. They may be getting hamstrung in the back section behind the curtains from these deacons and elders that are going in and trying to control the narrative because some of these guys are involved in some of the, should I say, secret societies or other groups that nobody's supposed to talk about, like the Freemasons. Just throw that out there. Don't write me any letters on this. Just throwing it out there. You do your own thought about this. And then they can't talk about stuff because they're told they can't talk about it. Not from IRS. Remember, IRS has so much other stuff going on. They don't sit in pastoral groups and go to churches and say, oh, he made a comment about this. We're going to find his 501c3 corporation. Majority of stuff I've talked to with people that are involved in it, IRS didn't involved in half of that garbage. There are so many churches out there. They don't sit around and basically examine every footage, every word, every pastoral section. Quite frankly, IRS doesn't want to listen to church. Most of the people involved in the IRS are devout Marxists. Not all of them, not saying people aren't in it, aren't decent people, but a lot of them in there are not quality patriot Americans that believe in the rule of law, hence why they're in that position, hence why we're seeing the FBI do the exact same form of corruption. Just want to throw that out there, and you guys think about it, but make sure you're getting involved in knowing who's behind the scenes, I think, in a lot of these churches right now. Dad, what do you think about that? Well, I, I basically made a <laughs> – I brought this up in front of the meeting in front of everybody at the, at the, at the seminar, and I said, look, I said the pastors in the pulpits, we've got to de-wimp them. And I said, we've got to teach them how to speak the truth about all of the stuff that's going on with the transgenders, with the grooming of our children, with all the other stuff. And you could, you could literally hear the <gasps> gasps in the room because all of a sudden I was talking about the forbidden, right? And then, so then one guy said to me, he said, he came counter back. He said, it's not the pastors in many cases. It's the elders and the deacons that are doing this. And I said, yes, it's the secret societies that have infiltrated the church. Oh, this conference went to that level. 
that's the secret societies that have infiltrated the churches, and that's the Masonic lodges that you and I have talked about with Austin for the last you know years because they came into the churches in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, and they and they brought us these TV evangelists, they brought us these big tent ministries, they brought us this name it claim it blab it stuff, they brought us all of this stuff to destroy the internal functioning of the church, so the pastors no longer are soul oriented and getting people saved. They're more concerned about how many jets they're going to own and how many private mansions they're going to have. Now I can't be more blunt than that. And I know a bunch of them like that. I really do. And they don't want to rock the boat. They're going to basically go along to get along and say what they need to say to maintain these huge numbers in their churches. They have 20, 30, 40,000 people in attendance because they don't want to say something and run people off. Well, here's the thing. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you this again. This show is about Jesus. It's about Christ crucified and resurrected. It sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And it will always be about that in this show. And I will always tell you guys the truth because I'm not wired to lie. I don't do stuff like that. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I do something. I tell you I'm going to answer your emails, I answer your emails unless you send me some abusive email. I'm going to delete you and block you. I'm letting you go. I'm telling you that right up front too, which I've done now to multiple people. But guys, listen to me. If we continue to tell the truth to the best of our abilities and we show the people where the lies are, things are going to change. And Building 7, <laughs> the Solomon Building, really? It went down in its own footprint in seven seconds? The Pentagon, remember Rumsfeld had just announced the day before, you know, the Pentagon we got hit before 9-11, that $2.3 trillion was missing from the budget. They couldn't find $2.3 trillion. How much money that is? Remember, the area of the Pentagon that was hit was the budget office. All those records were destroyed, and those people were all killed. And speaking about how Christian the United States was and how Catholic the United States was, Maryland is named after Mary, Jesus' mother, Mary Land. It's full of Catholics. People don't even realize that. And back to the clot shot that Austin was talking about in the first segment. Eugenics and genocide are the plans. That's what they're going to do. And because so many people are caught in normalcy bias, I told one of my friends at the seminar, you know, he, you know, he couldn't believe because he had all the shots, right? And I said – and, he, and he, you would tell he was like shell-shocked. He couldn't believe what he just heard from this one speaker. And I said, what you're feeling right now is normalcy bias. You think that Andy of Mayberry is coming back to rescue you, and Barney and Andy are going to come show up, and they're not coming right now. I mean we can have that back in the United States, but we've got to realize what's been done to us, and we've got to be able to tell the truth to the people because if we don't do that, it's not going to change. Then we were having dinner. The whole group had a dinner that night on, on Wednesday night. Ate way too much food, by the way, but it was the food was okay, but just ate too much. But what was interesting is one of the girls who was sitting across me who was really, really nice. Her name's Catherine. She was defending Donald Trump, and, and, I, and of course it was so loud because there were so many people in the room, and I kept saying to her, I said, we can't be partisan on this issue. We've got to call the good out and the bad out, and what they're doing is they're bringing Donald Trump now on as, quote, unquote, the savior again. Now, guys, come on. He's not the savior. I mean let's talk about it for a second. Remember all the banking scandals and the financial meltdown of 2008? Remember that? For the first time, the secret manipulation of the banksters were blatantly exposed for everybody to see. You guys remember that? And we were seeing these people getting bailed out and these people – these people were too big to fail. Remember all that? All that stuff was divide and conquer. That's used successfully by the power elite of the world, this Kabbalist Luciferian group for centuries. This is all part of that Babylonian magic of the witchcraft. That's what they do. They put spells on people, make them believe certain ways and certain things. And they can't, you can't snap them out. As long as we are focused on fighting each other over this partisan divide, this right-left divide. This quote-unquote globalist scum, Kabbalist group who control and manipulate both sides of this equation and laugh all the way to the bank. Remember the article I read you about Otto Kahn? He says we can control both the Democrats, we control both the Democrats, we control everything, and we hold the earth by its axis, and we turn it any way we want. That's the ones who are doing this. These 
conflicts, the wars they've created to continue to rage, killing millions and millions of countless civilians, creating countless more refugees and generating countless billions of profits for themselves through the military-industrial complex, which Austin talked about earlier. Notice what happened with the COVID and the vaccines. The entire world became quite polarized over the lockdowns, the vaccines, and much more. People on both sides of the issues became emotionally attached to the viewpoints. They had very little capacity or interest in trying to understand the opposing viewpoint. And notice what happened with Trump. Whether you supported or opposed him, most people deeply entrenched in their viewpoint. Those who opposed Trump despised him and his followers. Those who supported him despised those who didn't. Yesterday, we're on the plane coming home. There was this woman behind us, and she was telling everybody on the plane basically she had a much, much older husband, and she was very pretty, and how she absolutely loathed Ron DeSantis and how she got her husband to jump the fence. (laughs) And what she was – it was somebody's trophy wife is what she was. That was an extreme liberal who lived up in D.C. area for six months out of the year, lived in Florida the other six months of the year, and told us how much she hated the Republican Party, how much she hated DeSantis, hated Trump, and she was completely polarized and to the point where she got her husband, who was probably 30 years older than her, 40 years older than her, to jump the fence. And I, I, I thought it was, the whole thing was ironic because she was so twisted in her logic. She had no logic. Well, we, remember – in the years that have followed this 2008 collapse of our basically banking system and rebuilding and rebooting and giving up trillions of dollars, we forgot all about the banksters and the 1% who manipulate from behind the scene to keep us fighting against each other. Whether you support or oppose Trump or what's your views on COVID, the vast majority of people have fallen into the old trap of us versus them, which leads to only more of the same. We find ourselves more than ever wedded to the liberal or conservative viewpoints, which we try to break on this show, while the 1% breathe a sigh of relief and watch their bank accounts balloon once again because, again, they've obfuscated the truth and lied to us. Consider that no matter who the president is and no matter what crisis we are facing, this Kabbalist Luciferian scum and their heartless war machine win. Both Obama and Trump made emphatic campaign promises to get us out of the entangling wars in which we find ourselves. Yet look what happened. Once they ascended office of the president, within a very short period of time, they both became big supporters of war and the military-industrial complex. But Biden actually said – not Biden, Obama actually said he enjoyed finding people to kill with his doggone you know, drones or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. Trump promised to drain the swamp of the banksters, given the appearance of being a champion against the 1%. Yet once elected, he appointed numerous heads of the mega banks, Wall Street insiders, and CFR members and other members – to the 1% of his cabinet. The 1% quickly brought him to the line with their profiteering agenda by filling the advisor positions around him, just as it happened with Obama. Obama was elected on a platform bringing peace to the world. The year after he was elected, he won the 2009 Nobel Peace Prize. Yet did he actually create peace? At the close of his second term, the Los Angeles Times published an article titled President Obama, who hoped to show peace, instead led the war to nation, led the nation to war. One quote from the article is, U.S. military forces have been at war for all eight years of Obama's tenure, the first two-term president with the distinction that he launched airstrikes or military raids on at least seven different countries. But he's supposed to be the guy who's supposed to be getting the peace prize. In 2015, the BBC published an article with the title, Nobel Secretary Regrets Obama Peace Prize. Donald Trump, during his campaign for the president, vowed to get us out of the quagmires of the Middle East. Be like Joe Biden after him, he further bloated the military budget before he before the election. He repeatedly claimed Saudi Arabia was behind 9/11. Yet once he elected, he pushed through weapons sales of 500 million dollars to Saudi Arabia. Donald Trump did this, and on and on and on and on. Every president. 
with a Democrat or Republican learns quickly that if they go against the military-industrial complex in the Kabbalist-Luciferian network, they'll end up like John F. Kennedy or Martha Luther, Martha Luther, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, who basically had some really good points. I didn't like everything he said, but he had a lot that I liked, or Bobby Kennedy, and they end up getting killed or getting shot like Reagan. The power elite group of scum Kabbalist Luciferians who call themselves elite control both the left and the right. Just like I said, that auto concept. They know that as long as they keep us in fear and fighting against each other, they can move easily to manipulate us as they continue to accumulate more money and power because all they care about is greed. Remember what Jesus said? The love of money, greed, is the root of all evil because that's what they want. And as long as we continue fighting against each other rather than working together to oppose this corrupt manipulation of the elite, they're going to continue to allow this destruction to go on and on and on. And we've got to understand that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against these, at the highest level, against these sorcerers and witches and weirdos that, gosh, that drink human blood. They sacrifice human beings, and they eat humans. These people are sick. I don't like talking about that on the show because it's so nasty. But they are this people. They rape little children. Look at Jeffrey Epstein with what happened. He's Mossad. He worked for Israel. It's all tied together through this military-industrial complex. And once we understand it and we see it and we understand how they divide us by bipartisanship, we understand the roles we're supposed to, they want us to play. Mankow told me years ago – I love Mankow, good friend. He said – and I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. You get huge in radio. You get huge in TV if you go to the right or you go to the left. You cannot get huge if you go down the middle and you call out both sides for what they do right and wrong. They don't want that. Because it makes people have critical thinking like you do on this show. I try to teach you guys the real stories, the real truths, the real facts, and you guys decide on what you want to believe. I, this show is about developing critical thinking skills for everybody who listens to the show. Like George Carlin says, you know, there's the big club. And you and I, we ain't in it. All right. And I don't want to be in it. But we got to understand that we got to point out the club and we got to always lift Jesus up for he is the name. That holds all things together. All things are held together through Christ. I love you guys. I appreciate you too. Thanks for your prayers while we were gone. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your support. Austin, finish it up. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on with this. You know, I saw a lot over the last couple of days when we were up in D.C. and just the mindset of a lot of people. Obviously, it's a very, very liberal area. And it's interesting to me to see how so many people are – so I guess brain controlled into believing that they need somebody to protect them and look out for them and take care of them. Even I mean I'm talking grown adult people that are very capable of handling stuff. You know, everywhere we went, there's security, armed security everywhere you go. Now, now you guys know the crime rate in DC is not low at all. It's pretty much one of the strictest gun laws of any state because it's, it's its own district, District of Columbia. And what's interesting to me about it is you see these areas and you see the crime and you go past the, the, the park and there's tents everywhere. I mean right in the middle of D.C., tents, tents all over the place, homeless people it's living in the park in Washington, D.C., the capital of the United States. And I thought it was ironic because I'm sitting there going, as they continue to do more things to the population, as they continue to lie, continue to manipulate, continue to mess with inflation rates, continue to contract the economy, continue to take us to war, they tell all of us that, well, by the way, you don't really need to be able to defend yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll protect you. You know, It's for your safety and protection, kind of like how they shut everybody's businesses down during COVID. You know, for, it was for your safety and protection. We're putting you out of business and we're giving you a check once a month for your safety and protection and single-handedly pretty much ruined the entire economy that we already had that was already on the brink. 
to the point that they had to justify spending $7 trillion to keep it afloat. What's interesting about this is at the same time, they're going in and buying up arms and guns and everybody trying to tell people you need to be disarmed. I saw this article from a couple days ago. It was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and the police department was interesting about this. The police department worked with a group that was uh, basically going together to do a gun buyback program. (laughs) It's crazy. And the gun buyback program went in and bought up 340 guns that people could anonymously walk in and basically hand over or drive up to, and they would give them like a $150 or $200 gift card for a rifle, and they showed this big photo of this pile of dangerous guns, and literally like 90% of what you can see in the photo, it's like over and under shotguns, double barrel shotguns, single single barrel, you know, bolt action rifles, and I thought how sad, how sad is it that you had 340 people that Pretty much most of these guns, you can tell, well, they're pretty much, they all, most of them look like they're antiques. And imagine using a rifle as, you know, back in the mid, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, and mid 1900s, and handing it down for generations, you know, to feed your family in North Carolina, to go hunting, to chase off basically people that are trying to rob you, or thieves, or crooks, and doing that and defending your country and handling it and taking care of your property and your family, and then unaware that one day, your basically pathetic, weak-wristed great-grandson is going to give it to police for a $150 gift card because, you know, hey, we need, to, we need to make sure we're doing our part. We're going to virtue signal and turn in our over-and-under shotgun for $150. And what's interesting about this is you can tell a lot of these old guns, if they're operational, a lot of them are probably worth a lot more than $150. You start talking about you know over-and-under shotguns and double-barrel shotguns that you know are classics, 40, 50, 60 years old. Dude, some of those guns are worth $1,000, $2,000, depending on the condition they're in, even if they need to be refurbished. Doesn't matter. The people are that brain controlled that they really believe they're doing their part to virtue signal. Yet at the same time, I saw a video that was very disturbing down in Punta Gorda, and it was basically this black man, 36 year old Edmund Clark III, is in this convenience store, and basically the son of the owner is in there, and he walks up to the this black guy, Edmund Clark, walks up to the counter, and the victim's white guy. I'm just putting it out there so you guys know when you see the video. The black guy grabs a pair of scissors off the counter and starts repeatedly stabbing the guy standing at the counter. And nobody does anything except try to fight him and pull him off. Stabs him 40 times in the chest, throat, and head. He's the victim basically is undergoing extreme emergency surgery. I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to make it. And I thought to myself, there's multiple people in the store. It's Florida. Why was nobody carrying a concealed handgun? 40 times? It takes a long time to stab somebody 40 times. It ain't like you're sitting there and you thump them in the forehead once. Again, this is because people are slowly being indoctrinated that you do not have a right to protect yourself or exercise your Second Amendment. That is one of the main things they are going to keep doing to this younger generation is continue to lie, manipulate, and brain and train them to make them believe they do not have that right. Keep your head on a swivel, my friends, in most areas. Be alert when you go out. Continue to know how to defend yourself and have the means to defend yourself the best you possibly can, especially if you're out in areas that you don't know fully or with your family or your children. Be their private security when you're out and about. Use wisdom in areas. If something doesn't feel right, if there's a group of people somewhere that just doesn't look good, go a different direction or get an Uber 
or go get, you know, something, do something different if you don't feel right about it, especially if you're in an area that you don't know and you don't have any type of friends or backup with you. I'm just being honest with you. Continue to get the truth out to my friends. Also, I was looking to, apparently we found out, we talked about at the beginning of the week, the law firm that is now suing basically DeSantis, the advocacy group for civil rights, uh, they have been funded by $1.4 million by George Soros Open Society that this law firm has that's now suing DeSantis for violation of the illegal immigrants' rights. Not really even sure how that works, but again, it's not surprising to me because this is what they are going to continue to do as much as they can is demonize anyone that doesn't go along with the narrative. DeSantis blatantly said he did he did an interview yesterday. You saw him. He goes, I one hundred percent do not support socialism. I don't support Marxism. I don't support communism. I don't support any of the isms that does not go along with the constitutional republic. He blatantly said this. I mean he's getting very vocal now. Make sure you know who you're supporting and what they believe to the best you can. I know there's a lot of manipulation and lies out there, but make sure if you're around somebody or you're supporting somebody, you know what they stand for. Thank you. Thank you again, my friends, for the have a great weekend. Be sure to check out the product of the week. Also, be sure to check out the D3 Mega Sale right now for ten or excuse, for twenty five percent off, and the Zinc Glycinate for product of the week for ten percent off right now on the front page of the website. If you need anything, give us a call. Thank you for your continued support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday, as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.